oftentimes we think, oh, well, I'm not the expert on that, so I'll let the teacher take care of it, or I'll let the tutor help my child with that. But really, as parents, we play a really key role. When our kids come home from school, or when they finish the school day, um, they're tired. And when they know they're coming home just to do more homework, uh, it's really discouraging. I'm Nicole Holcomb, attorney by day and podcaster by night, a former educator, school counselor, and administrator, and mom to a nine-year-old daughter with dyslexia, who loves all things Harry Potter, Minecraft, and science. A few years ago, she was identified with dyslexia, and our life seemed to turn upside down for a while, quite literally. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to help you navigate the upside down journey of dyslexia. You got this. If you're wanting to thrive as a mom in this dyslexia journey, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey friend, welcome to episode 44 of the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, here to educate you on dyslexia and how to create strong families and thrive as a mom. Today, I'm chatting with Andrea Harris. She's an educator, trained Barton tutor, author, and a mom. A mom who is also raising a daughter with dyslexia. We're going to be talking about how she was inspired to write a children's book about dyslexia for families to read aloud. The character, Magnificent Meg, is definitely magnificent and amazing. We'll have all of the links and all the things mentioned on the show notes page. I'll mention the link toward the end of the show today. I know it's hard to believe this is the last week of 2020, and I don't know about you, but I'm beyond thrilled to say goodbye to 2020. As we get near the end of 2020, I've had some really big goals for this show and really big goals for Dyslexia Mom Life. I'm actually finishing up a new course that I plan to release in 2021, the Dyslexia Battle Blueprint. It'll be in the new Dyslexia Parenting Academy. I can't wait to share all of that with you in 2021. But let's not wait any longer. Here she is, Andra Harris. All right, I'm so excited to welcome to the show today, Andra Harris. She is the author of Magnificent Meg. Welcome to the show. I'm so delighted to have so, you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, before we get started, I'd love for us to take just a few minutes to, for those that don't know you yet, to get to know you a little bit better. So do you mind just sharing a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. I have always loved teaching. I love being in the classroom all day long with students. So in uh, 1998, I got my teaching credential. I taught fifth through eighth grade. I absolutely loved teaching that age group. But I found that many of my students were reading one to two years below grade level. So I started taking classes with Susan Barton to find out more about dyslexia and how I could help them. So I tried to, you know, incorporate accommodations into the classroom for kids who needed it. And I also started tutoring some of those fifth through eighth graders after school. And so you've been working with Barton for a number of years, right? Yes, for 16 years. Okay. Tell us a little bit for those that might be new to, you know, the world of remediation and tutoring with dyslexia. What did you find to be pieces of Barton that you really felt were effective with working with struggling readers? Oh, sure. Well, it really um, separates different classifications of words 
Um, so one book is all about dividing words into syllables and then reading the syllables one at a time. Another book is all about silent E and uh, when do you put the E on the end and what are the different jobs the silent E plays. Another book is all about vowel teams. So it's very clear, lots of practice, lots of tactile, moving the tiles around different colors. And I found that it was very, very helpful for my students. And I've been following you here for a bit too. I love the things that, that, that you're putting out on Instagram and we'll, we'll talk more in a minute about your books. I'm excited to share that with, with everybody as well, but I know we've talked to offline a good bit. And so do you mind sharing a little bit about maybe some success that you've seen because you've had the opportunity to see your students because you've been doing this for a little bit yes. to really see them be successful. And for so many of us, you know, on the early part of our journey, you know, where have you seen success using Barton or oh. could you give an example of maybe a student or some sure. examples? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I've kept in touch with many of my students and they have gone on to study business in college. Uh, they study design in college. One is in architecture. Uh, as I was tutoring them, I saw their confidence grow. I saw their grades improve. I, you know, I wouldn't say that reading got easy, but the fact that they had more confidence uh, uh, they didn't give up. They began to enjoy school more. Uh, they did very well in high school, very well in college, and many of them are now very successful in their careers. So um, I'm just really, really proud of them. And it was wonderful to see those young kids who were not liking school, who had a lot of stress, who struggled with their self-esteem. Um, you know, their chins began to lift up. And they started, they became different kids and they did really, really well. Many success stories. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more personal, if you don't mind. I would love for you to share with us, um, you know, your dyslexia journey, because you actually have your own mom story of, you know, when this kind of made a different turn for you and you began, you began working inside your family with dyslexia. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so in... I have two younger daughters, and when um, the oldest one, Maddie, was in kindergarten, um, you know, she had the usual letter reversals. Um, she struggled with sight words, but uh, as we got on with kindergarten, uh, it wasn't getting easier. And by the beginning of first grade, it was still really difficult the automaticity of writing her letters just didn't come. Um, there was a lot of guessing at words when reading. Um, oftentimes it was the little words like was and saw or no and on that were misspelled or misread. Um, math, memorization of math facts was difficult. When she was speaking, it was hard for her to retrieve that word. It was on the tip of her tongue and it wasn't coming. And then she just started to have a lot of tears, a lot of stomach aches, not wanting to do school. So by the end of first grade, we knew there's something else happening here. And we didn't want her to fall behind. We didn't want her to hate school. So we started using the Barton reading and spelling system at the end of first grade. And 
you know, this was new for me because in the past I had always worked with older kids who were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. So this was the first time I was working with a six-year-old and it was different. I felt all the emotions that come when it's your child. So it was hard for me too. Even though in the back of my mind, I knew all the success stories. This was my daughter who was crying and I wanted to help her as much as I could. So I really have a lot of empathy, not only for kids with dyslexia, but for the parents as well. Yeah. Cause it's so different when it's your own. I mean, it yes. just, it is, there's just no way to describe it. So yes. when you started working with Maddie, were you working with her through, were you homeschooling her or were you actually tutoring her after her school day or how did that look for you guys? Sure. Yes. I started um, homeschooling. Um, fortunately, I was able to do that. Um, I liked that, you know, we found the best time of the day where her mind was just really on top of it and uh, ready to tackle those words. And for us, that was between about 10 a.m. and noon. So we would do reading and Barton tiles when it was the best time of the day for her. And then, you know, we could also do piano and all the other subjects early because I found that later in the day, if I tried to do the hard subjects with her, she was just toast. She was tired. And um, the earlier we could finish things, the better. Um, so that really helped us. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it, it does seem like, especially the families I've worked with and then, you know, the people I've had the, the honor to, to interview, it just does seem that they work so hard, right? Like all day they work oh, so yes. hard. And so it is, I mean, that's why I was curious because I know some, some people have to do it after school. And I was just curious how you incorporated that. And that was one of the things that attracted us to the school that my daughter's currently at because we were able to embed that during her day. So okay. it wasn't an addition to, and that was, that was attractive to us because of the things like you said, one of the things that moms may start seeing early on is you may start seeing that I don't feel well or, and sometimes, you know, I know my daughter was pretty early. We found out pretty early on too in kindergarten and first grade, something just wasn't right. And, you know, when they start saying my tummy hurts and she loves school, but she also knew that the kids sitting beside her could write sentences and they were reading chapter books and, you know, she doesn't share any yes. of that with me till later in life, right? Which she's yes. in fourth grade now. So it's been a couple of years. Sometimes she'll say things that I was like, oh, wish I had known that then. Yes. And, um, but yeah, that's when you really start seeing some of those pieces or start realizing it's more than just, it, it's, it's developmental or it's going to click as some people will say. Um, and then you were saying too about the, um, just searching for those words. I know with our daughter, even now she has a different little saying, but for a while she would say, Hey, I, I, mom, I need to ask you a question. And I thought, why does she, why does she just ask me the question I was thinking? <laughs> and then we went through Atlanta speech school for some other, um, uh, what's the word? Um, other concerns with, with her speech and, and her um, articulation. That's the word I'm looking for articulation. And um, that's when I realized that, that, Hey, can I ask you a question, mom? Was her way of giving her brain a second to catch up with how is she going to say something? She probably doesn't even know she does it. Yeah. She does something very similar now, but it sounds like you may have had something similar or where it just took her a minute to get. Yes. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting as moms, because when you look back, 
you know, you think, oh, well, there, there were some pieces there, right? Like you see things now that you might not have seen then. And it is at the beginning. It's, I mean, I don't think it ever gets easier, but it, there's just a lot goes on at the very beginning of that as well. Yes. And um, so I appreciate you sharing that. So uh, is she still homeschooling at this point or is she back in? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. We're, yes. we're homeschooling. Yeah. At least for a couple more years. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to get her through Barton level eight. Okay. Um, How many levels are there on Barton? There are 10 altogether. Ten, okay. We'd love to do 10, but at least I want to get her through level eight before she starts school if she does. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, uh, so thank you so much for sharing that. So I would love for us, and I'm sure that some of that also, those experiences you had not only as a teacher and a tutor and now a mom with this amazing little dyslexic in your family, that you also started thinking about writing a book. And so I'm so glad we were able to connect through that. It was towards the end of that journey for you, but I'm so glad we were able to connect and have conversations and continue to have conversations. But I would love for you to share a little bit about the book. So tell us, I mean, what, what was kind of the background of why you decided, Hey, I think I'm going to write a book and I love the title Magnificent Meg. So let's jump in and talk about that for a little bit. So what, what made you think, I think I want to write a book and I, and this is what I want to write about. I mean, what, what kind of draw drew you to that direction? Sure. Well, I had always dreamed of writing a children's book, but I wasn't really sure how to go about it. And, uh, you know, life is busy. And so I thought, Oh, maybe someday, maybe someday. But as I saw my daughter struggling, I really wanted to encourage her. And I thought, Oh, I'd really love to write a really encouraging book with a lovable character that would show her that she's not alone. Um, that would encourage her to be positive and not give up and really encourage her. So uh, I just happened to mention to a friend, you know, about my ideas. And she said, Oh, well, I'm in a writer's group. Why don't you come? And I said, well, you know, I've, I've never done this before. I, I'm not sure if I can do it. And she said, oh, if you have a story to tell, then you are a writer. So um, the writers group really encouraged me. And I found out that if I went with traditional publishing, it might take three to five years for it to actually be on the market. And I thought, oh, well, I want this to encourage her soon. So I went the self-publishing route. I went to conferences and just learned as much as I could. And I found an editor. I found it a wonderful illustrator that I absolutely love and um, Magnificent Meg came to life. Um, I wanted not only my daughter, but all kids who are struggling with reading to know that they're not alone. And just because they're struggling, it doesn't mean they're not capable. They just need to learn a different way. And everybody has a struggle of some kind. Everyone does. If it's not reading, then it might be math or it might be public speaking. It might be um, sports. Or everyone has a struggle of some kind. And lastly, I wanted all kids who read this book to know that they are a super kid. They are very capable. They are very smart. And so even if reading is hard, they should never doubt that. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And I, uh, you know, the, the parts of the book that, you know, it walks you through kind of, you know, really a day in the life of Meg, but also the things that she does with her family and the, and then how does she go through, you know, some of the tutoring pieces and the things that she has to learn and 
you know, and then encouraging students, you know, encouraging children as well, that they're special as well. There's some language in there that I think is also, you know, unique as well in your book that I, I really enjoyed. And, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting because it was a, it is a children's book and it's not necessarily geared toward parents, although it is a read aloud book. So it's meant to, to be read together as a family yes. was the piece on conversation starters. So tell us a little bit about yes. why you decided to include those. Sure. Yes. I just, um, you know, like I said before, uh, my daughter had a lot of tears. And I know from experience that students identified with dyslexia have higher levels of anxiety and uh, low self-esteem and a dislike for school. And I just wanted a tool uh, so that parents can be that patient, gentle encourager that their child needs. And the first step is being able to talk and get those feelings out and for a child to feel known and feel heard and be able to talk about it with their parents, I think is really, really helpful. Me too. And one of the things I talk a good bit about on the podcast is just how key relationships are and that relationship yes. that you build with your child, because I mean, that's a forever relationship. And so yes. I thought that was such a nice piece that you included to be able to, because for some families, I mean, they're all things that we have strengths in. And so for some of us, some of those things may come naturally, but for others, especially when you're in your own emotions of dealing with things, if nothing else, it gives you also a, some things to think about and maybe even spin off some other questions or conversation starters. So you know, it's nice to be able to have that included with the book. So not only talking about Meg and how magnificent she is, but also then afterwards being able to do some follow-up with your own child. So I thought that was really neat that you included that. And I can see how that would be very helpful for parents. Thank you. I hope so. And another piece, hopefully we won't be giving away too many spoilers because we want people to pick it up. But at the end, you also really, you know, you, you talk to the parents, you put a little note in there for the parents of encouragement. And uh, I also thought that was a, a nice touch as well, because not only are you trying to give them some thoughts on working together, but then also, you know, you really spoke from the heart to them. And so can you tell us a little bit about yeah. why you went that route as well, as far as including that piece of, of I mean, because really you, at that point you have a, you're talking to the child audience, but then you're also talking to the parent audience. And so I think that's unique. Uh, not a lot of sure. books do that. So I thought that was really neat that, that you did that. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. I, you know, um, I think we as parents, when we see our child struggle, it's really hard for us and we want to help. And if we don't know how to help, um, it can just be really hard on us and it can be frustrating, but the key is we don't want our kids to think we're frustrated with them. So I just wanted to give some helpful ideas to parents on how they can um, encourage their children. Uh, you know, oftentimes we think, oh, well, I'm not the expert on that, so I'll let the teacher take care of it or I'll let the tutor help my child with that. But Really, as parents, we play a really key role. When our kids come home from school or when they finish the school day, um, they're tired. And when they know they're coming home just to do more homework, uh, it's really discouraging. And um, like I said before, they can have a lot of anxiety. So 
um, when we when we welcome them home with patience and with joy and encouragement and wanting to spend time with them, uh, patience in helping them with their homework, uh, even cuddling up on the couch with some hot chocolate to do reading, um, all of those things really lower the anxiety level. When a child is uh, struggling with low self-esteem or stress, it's hard to learn. So you parents, you fill in the gap there. Um, you play a really key role uh, when the stress level comes down and a child knows, okay, I'm not alone. My parents right here or my grandparent or my guardian is right here to help me. It really, really can make it all the difference. Yes. I think sometimes we get so, I guess, in the middle of our day or the middle of the chaos that we, we, we forget to stop and think about we are the most important resource our child has you know, whomever that caregiver is. And so I just want, want moms to hear that, that you are important. The work you're doing is important. And just the fact that you're listening to us today, we know that you value, you know, being a mom and wanting to do what's best for your child as we all do. And so, you know, we, I don't think we get enough pats on the back because, you know, we do a lot of that invisible parenting, as they say, that (laughs) lots of things that we do that no one really realizes that we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice for you to be able to, to give a note of encouragement. I think that's very nice that you included that. All right. So I have, I have one of the questions I love to ask, which is what is the best mom advice you've ever received? Well, I have been told, I didn't believe it at first that um, I would blink and my children would be grown. And I'm beginning to see that that's true. I blinked and my 10-year-old is almost as tall as me. Actually, I blinked and she turned 10. So I think really um, the advice that I've been given to be intentional and um, even if it's only 15 minutes of going out to help build that snowman or even if it's only 15 minutes of rolling out cookie dough or reading a book aloud before bedtime, um, those intentional moments our kids will we'll never forget. And so I want to have those every day. I love that every day. <laughs> yes. I love that. And, and, and too, though, I love, thank you so much for sharing that because I think also we were talking about just the busyness of the day, you know, s- even those little small pieces that seem small, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. Although I will go to Disney anytime you want me to go. However, (laughs) I love Disney. We love universal, all those things. So, but too, I mean, when you were saying, you know, being on the couch, like that's some of my favorite times of the day is when we're sitting on the couch, you know, elbow to elbow, touching, reading, doing homework. Um, You know, just those, those moments in the car on the way to school, you know, having conversations and, you know, I just want moms to realize those little pieces are so important too. And I'm so glad you pointed that out that those little pieces that we have to be, because we could just listen to the radio and not talk to each other. But if we're intentional about our time, we need to capture all those little moments because you know, those pieces are when we can reassure, but also those are the things they're going to remember, like you said, right? So that's so, so nice. I appreciate you sharing that. So I'm absolutely going to put links in the show notes to your book and where they can pick up Magnificent Meg. I absolutely love that name, but where else could someone connect with you and follow your work? Oh, thank you. Sure. I'm at andraharris.com. Also on Instagram, I'm at Andra Lynn Harris. And on Facebook, I'm at Andra Harris Author. 
Um, and the book is found on barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com, and amazon.com. Yes, I got mine on Amazon because Amazon Prime is like my friend. It just comes right to the door. <laughs> it's great right now. So, well, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. It's been a delight to, to meet and talk to you again in person, uh, so to speak. But uh, it, it's been really nice thank to spend you. some time with you today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You as well. And have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Andra today. Again, you can connect with Andra at www.andraharris.com. And we'll have all the links on the show notes page at dyslexiamomlife.com backslash episode 44. That's dyslexiamomlife.com backslash episode 44. Thank you so much for listening today. Please hit subscribe if you haven't already. We have a lot of great episodes coming in 2021 and the new Dyslexia Parenting Academy. So make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on what we have planned for next year. It's hard to believe that it's just a few days away. Thank you so much for the amazing reviews that you've been leaving in Apple Podcast. If you have not yet left a review, please go ahead and leave one. I really enjoy hearing from you. Have a great week and remember, you got this.